0: Apostle Paul makes a reference to something Jesus said in Acts chapter 20, 35. Something Jesus said somewhere in his ministry, and Paul says, This is what Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. And although I believe that in my heart, like deep down, let's be honest, I have not really learned that lesson at all. Like, I know there's five love languages, and one of them is like gifts, but let's be really honest. I've never met anybody, that's like, I don't really like opening presents ever. Gifts are boring. Like, I've never met anyone like that, ever. That's why Christmas rocks. Because you, 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 you know, come downstairs and your living room is like a toy store. Like, I'm 30, and one thing that's changed is the nature. The, interest, the, the nature of the interests have changed. Like, that's it. That's it. If my wife, if you're listening, sweetheart, online, I want a Supercut Chainsaw 3000 with an Espresso Maker attachment. I want a new set of tires, a diamond-studded tread, a PlayStation 12, and a puppy in a stocking. So put that on my list, sweetheart. That is what I want for Christmas, and it doesn't seem that extravagant. I was talking with my brother last week, we were catching up, and he was like, Luke, um, it's just been awesome to buy my, my boys' presents this year. I haven't even really thought about, you know, what I'm going to ask for. You know what I'm talking about? I'm like, <laughs> no, not, not even slightly do I know what you're talking about right now. Like, I cannot wait to swim through the paper of the waves of paper in, in my living room Sunday morning. It's awesome. It's, I mean, Christmas is a big deal in the Edgerton household. I, I'm going to just give you the sneak peek to the theme of this message this morning and it's this. The best Christmas ever is receiving the best gift ever. When I was 10 years old, 1996, Christmas had a whole new meaning to it. You know what I'm saying? When you're a child, Christmas is magic. So I woke up Christmas 96, my brothers and I go to the top of the stairs, and we're like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to go downstairs to see what Santa brought, and we're all pumped up, and we're all, and my, my parents go downstairs, and like, wait, wait, don't come downstairs yet, and we're like, why? And they're like, biting off carrots and cookies and pretending like Santa did it or something, Pff, BS, right? So we know that, yeah, so, so anyways, we're sitting at the top of the stairs, and we're waiting, and my parents are like, all right, Go! And my brothers and I were like rolling down the stairs and I'm like punching my brothers in the face and they're punching me in the face and we're like elbowing the walls and putting holes in the walls. And I'm like, Christmas rocks. And so we roll into the living room and I was like, oh, Santa came here first. It's Christmas apocalypse, baby. We're like tearing through presents and like just ripping through packages and we're like, that's awesome next. and Like that's awesome next. And it was a dream come true. Christmas in the Edgerton household was a party. But Christmas of 1996 was different. Because at the end of Christmas morning, my father handed me an envelope. Now, when you're handed an envelope as a child, your curiosity peaks. So my two older brothers and I were like, what could it be? And it's a clue. And my parents sent us on like a 25 minute treasure hunt. One clue leading to the next clue. We're like running outside, going to the barn, going to the treehouse, like in the middle of the field, like my dog's collar's got a clue on it. I mean, it was amazing. We had no idea where my parents were taking us, but they were taking us somewhere. And we're like, oh, this is awesome. Christmas is not ended yet. And we're just like looking for. And finally, we get to the last clue. And it's in this kind of vase urn. Looking thing next to my parents' house, and we and we oh my brother pulls out the, the clue and there's like this little box and he opens the box and it's the garage door opener. When you have to open the garage on Christmas, you know it's about to get lit. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so we're like, oh, what could it be? And so my brother hits the garage door opener and the garage door opens, and there it is. My ticket to freedom. The one gift that transports a 10 year old child into a world of adventure and freedom. It's what's gonna get me a girlfriend at 10 years old. It's a (laughs) go-kart. It's a go-kart. And it was the best Christmas present ever. And the funniest part of that story is that I wrecked it 10 minutes later. Like drove it right into the goalpost. My dad's got it on film. He's like, oh no, is the go-kart okay? And I'm like, I'm good too, dad, I'm fine. Your son's alive as, as well. Really, it's, it's, it's good. And it was awesome. It was awesome. The reason I tell that super... Fun, it's like one of my favorite memories from when I was a kid. A lot of you could probably tell similar stories like that. A lot of you've probably got, yeah, Christmas was Magic. Christmas was magic. It was so fun. It was so fun to, to wake up on Christmas morning and, like, run downstairs and possibly get hurt and then open up gifts that you, you know, throw away two months later. And it was just so fun. And you guys have stories like that. Or you've got stories where you're like, yeah, I wrecked the go kart. Right? Like, you've probably got a story in there somewhere like, yeah, this Christmas uh, it wasn't so good. Not because I didn't get what I want, because it's just life happens life happens and i it just did not go the way that i hoped it would go when i was a kid i had a friend who lost his grandmother on christmas morning it was rough i've heard of stories of people's houses burning down on christmas morning i recently just uh, listened to the radio on the way to church this morning and i heard uh, the the radio guy talk about how um, two guys had just been caught stealing presence out of someone's home. And so now they're in prison during Christmas. Sometimes Christmas brings up a lot of bad memories. I I realize there's kind of a spectrum here. There might be like a go-kart Christmas, but there also might be like a, I just want to get through this Christmas as quickly as I can. Maybe you are reminded every Christmas of the loss of a loved one. Maybe every Christmas you're reminded of a failed relationship a loss of a job or a home, or perhaps even a child. I want you to know that I'm aware of that, and I acknowledge that, that that's a very real thing. Here's what's so cool about Christmas, church. Here's what's so cool, is that the best Christmas ever is receiving the best gift ever from the best gift giver. The reason Christmas is so great is because the gift that we're actually receiving on Christmas isn't a thing. It's not a go-kart. I ended up selling that thing. Right? That's, that's why Christmas is so great, is when we really get down and think about the gift that's being given, it, it's not a thing at all. It's from the best gift giver, and I, I want to share with you one of my favorite scripture verses that alludes to this very idea you might have walked into church the first time this morning and welcome, we're glad you're here. Maybe you've been walking with Christ since you were a toddler and you've got the flannel boards memorized and welcome, we're glad you're here too. I want to share with you a scripture verse that is so near and dear to my heart. It's probably the most overused and also misunderstood scripture verses, but it is powerful. It is powerful. God says this in the gospel of, of John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave gave for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life church hear me this morning God gave everything when he gave Jesus and he wanted to God gave everything when He gave Jesus, and He wanted to. My parents gave me a go kart when I was ten; it was pretty cool. God gave His Son. God gave His child. Every Christmas, we were reminded of this truth, and sometimes we got to come to church and sit around God's Word to be reminded of it, right? Because let's be honest, the, the, this season is just like chaos. I just got to get all the presents bought for all the people that I want to give to. Or I've got to do this party and and that work party and this kid thing. I get it. I get it. This this season is like out of control sometimes. So it'd be good for us just to calm down and look at God's word and really get an idea of what this season is about. I want to revisit the Christmas story. I want us as a church to reflect on it and hear it and I thought, how cool would it be to have a child read the Christmas story? But I could only find one kid that was hooked on phonics, and it's Linus, Charlie Brown's best friend. You know the story. Let's, let's listen in. And there were the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night, and lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shall round about them. And they were sore afraid, and the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God. And saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be assigned to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with an angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on peace to those to whom his favor rests. Let's examine this scenario for a moment. Because what's really going on in the nativity scene is not really what we think is going on. Here are these shepherds, right? They're on the night shift. They're living in the fields nearby. They're, they're tending to their flock. They're doing their job. They're pulling the night shift, the, you know, the graveyard shift. They're just working. And all of a sudden, the angel of the Lord just shows up in the shepherds' lives and says, hey, don't be afraid. I know you're scared, but don't be scared. Because the news that I got for you, you're going to be psyched about it. Because that the king, the king that's going to fix everything, he was born tonight. The shepherds are like, what? You know, they're they're just working the night shift, and then and then the angel of the Lord's like, well, I'm going to bring all my angel friends, and we're going to sing to you about it too. We're going to sing. I'm going to tell you some stuff. It's going to be great. Now, I, I'm really sorry. I, I got to give you a little history lesson here. The shepherds that we think are super innocent they're totally not innocent. Rabbinic literature, the the stuff that rabbis in Jesus' day wrote down actually suggests that shepherds were kind of like thieves and cheats. I know that totally ruins the nativity scene for you because like the shepherd in the nativity scene with the lamb on his back looks super innocent. No, he stole that lamb. Okay. (laughs) He's totally a thief and he stole that lamb. Right. And so the shepherds, the shepherds were kind of like these kind of outside, outcast, marginalized people of society. They weren't even allowed to be witnesses in the court. They were just kind of like, stay in the field. Work in the field. Don't come near town. And the scripture says they lived there. Scripture says they lived in the fields. Right? The The shepherds were just, hey, we're living here. Angel shows up. I don't know. I'm just doing my job. Don't miss this, church. There's a powerful truth here. It's incredible. The angel of the Lord showed up to the shepherds first. Right? The angel of the Lord showed up to the shepherds first. Catch this. The gift of Jesus is for all people. Can I get an amen? Like, the gift of Jesus is for all people. But we don't see the universal scope of the gospel more than we do when the angel of the Lord appears to the shepherds first, the ones who are likened to thieves and cheats, the marginalized, the outskirts of society. Contextualize that in your own world. That means the gospel, the gift of Jesus, is for your Muslim neighbor. That the gift of Jesus is for your atheist neighbor. He's a gift. That's the idea. He is a gift. And here's the problem even though the gift of Jesus is for all people, our society is obsessed with qualifications. Right? Our society says, he's not qualified for that job. Nope, she's not qualified to be a mom. They're not qualified to be parents. He's not qualified to run that organization, and she's not qualified to lead that ministry. All lies from the pit of hell, because nobody is qualified. Only Jesus, the king, is qualified. He does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Right? That's what Jesus does. Unfortunately, that lie has made its way into our system of thinking every day. Every day, the way that we live, it's just that lie has made its way in. We say, oh, I don't deserve that. I, I can't deserve that. That's not for me. I didn't earn it. I didn't earn it. And it makes sense, right? It makes sense because we earn everything else. We earn, we earn money. We earn trust. We earn blue ribbons and gold medals. Everything else we earn. Fortunately, this is the one gift that you and I cannot Earn the gift of Jesus is free for all people and is ours to take. That's why he's like a gift, because on Christmas morning when we were kids opening up gifts, we didn't earn them. Like newsflash, sorry students, you didn't do a darn thing to get those Christmas gifts, right? Parents just give them to us out of love. Remember what John three sixteen says: For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his one and only son. Here's something cool about the gift of Jesus. At the end of that passage, we hear the the angels speaking to the shepherds, and the angels are like, and peace to those on whom his favor rests. When we receive the gift of Jesus, he comes with a really cool accessory. The gift of Jesus comes with a side of Peace right? The gift of Jesus comes with a side of peace. Your life, my life, no, not peaceful. Let me give you an idea. Mostly just chaotic. Work, kids, soccer, dinner, repeat. Mm -hmm. I don't even have kids yet. Brokenness, bosses, struggles, loneliness, Repeat. Discouragement, depression, hate, anger, chaos, repeat. Election cycles, Aleppo, violence, repeat. We are in such need of a prince, a person who can usher in peace. We are in desperate need of the prince of peace. And here's the thing the Jews, the people of God, during the time of Jesus' birth, they suffered. They were suffering under the religious establishment in Jerusalem. And many of the Jews uh, did not wait for the coming Messiah, but instead embraced Caesar. But there was this faction of Jews called the Messianic Jews, those who believed that Jesus would in fact come, and he was the Messiah. And they knew, they knew on this night that the Prince of Peace was just born. This child, he was him. Just as Isaiah 9, 6 reports that Christ is the Prince of Peace, the one who reconciles families, just as Malachi 4, 6 reports, and ends wars between nations, as Zechariah 9, 9 reports. When we receive the gift of Jesus, we receive the Prince of Peace. And we wonder so often why our lives are so stinking chaotic. We're trying to figure out why is this not working here? Why is my relationship there falling apart? What, what, this, that, and the other, and this, and this season brings it all up, right? Either brings up go-karts or wrecked go-karts, one of the two. And I'm telling you, 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 might have, you might be brand new to the faith. You might have gotten hammered last night. I want you to know that the gift of Jesus is for you. Like you might have shown up here out of just obligations because like I just feel like I gotta go. The the gift of Christ, the gift of Jesus is for you. You you might have been walking with God forever and you're just inoculated, right? You're just inoculated to the truth of the gospel. The gift of Jesus is for you. It's, it's unearnable. He is unearnable. He is only receivable. And that's why it's such a great gift. Yeah. Yeah, the peace of the peace of Christ is going to be the presence of Christ in our lives. I'm not saying that, that, that because we receive the gift of Jesus that all of a sudden all my life's problems are gonna go away. That's, that's not what he promised. But just what he did promise is, is his hand. P- picture when Peter walks out on the water in the story of the storm. And Peter walks out on the water, and, and, and he's walking on the water because he puts his faith in Christ, and then he begins to sink because he doubted, and all the waves start crushing over him. And that's gonna happen to you and me, right? We're gonna walk on water and we're gonna sink, and the waves are gonna crush over us. The difference is that Jesus is there to Hold out his hand and lift us up out from underneath the waves. That's the peace I'm referring to. The peace that Christ is in your corner, that he's on your team, he's on your side, and he's ours for the taking. I I really want to exaggerate, appropriately exaggerate, that he is the gift for the world. And he is ours for the taking. He has gladly given himself to us. For God so loved the world that he gave. And we think, no, I didn't earn him. I pray the spirit breaks that pride down this morning. You can't earn him. You just receive him like a Christmas present under a Christmas tree on Christmas morning. You just open the present up and receive him in faith. Yeah, God. Right now, I just pray that the persons in this room that feel like they they don't want to open that gift of of your love, that gift of you. God, I pray that right now that you would break that wall down. That you'd remind them that you are unearnable but you are a gift to receive for the life of the world because you loved us. Church, look at me. You know, you might, you might, you might not want to walk into that new, new faith journey. Last week, our lead pastor, Josh, suggested that our lives are so short and because it's like a vapor, we've got to risk it all. And I want you to know that he's right. Our lives are like a vapor and we've got to risk it all. Maybe this morning... You got to risk it all and open up the gift that has been given to you. And his name is Jesus. And if you don't know how to put words to that, that, that's okay. Like, God discerns our heart. But I also want to share with you something I found that I absolutely love. His name is Thomas Akempis. He was a German priest from the early 1400s. And he puts beautiful language to the heart that is reflective of yearning and longing to receive the gift of Jesus. Thomas says this, Oh my God, everlasting love, my final good, my happiness unending, I long to receive you with as strong a desire and as worthy a reverence as any of the saints ever had or could have felt. And though I am not worthy to have all these sentiments of devotion, still I offer you the full affection of my heart as if I alone had all those most pleasing and ardent desires. Thomas Akempis, The Imitation of Christ. The band is going to come back up and lead us in a couple of songs of worship. I, I just want to encourage you that this, this might be the morning that you risk it all and you receive the gift of Christ in faith and anticipate that he comes with an accessory of peace. There's going to be some prayer people in our room here to my right. And if you want to be led in that prayer and receive Christ's name for the first time, I would encourage you to do so. This is the perfect time to do it. God, we just pray for the power of your right hand to be released into our church this morning, and that you would add any more names to the book of life. We want to see more souls in eternity this morning. God, I pray for the stubborn heart in here that needs you to break down that wall. God, I pray for the fearful heart in here that you would do what only you can do and remind them that there's no one or nothing to fear except for you. God, I pray that this morning, December 18th, 2016, super cold morning would be a morning to remember for a lot of souls in here. Because for the very first time, they opened up the gift that is you, Jesus. We pray all of these things in the power and the authority of your good name, Christ. Amen.